So hello, and thank you all for listening to the Grad Live podcast. My name is Michelle, and today I'll be chatting to Tom Clancy, the president of BlockSock. So welcome, Tom. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hello, Michelle. Thank you very much for having me. Um, so Tom, just to kind of get us started, would you like to talk a bit about yourself and maybe what you studied in college? Yeah, super. Um, so I'm from Galway. Um, I went to um, a secondary school called the Bish. Um, Bish was definitely a lot of fun. Um, early years in school, I didn't really, didn't really like school that much. I uh, didn't really see myself going down like a college path. Um, and I lived in a farm, so I thought I'd always just have that to go back to. Um, but then in fifth and sixth year, I started to kind of apply myself um, and I started to enjoy it. I think it was as well because I seen my sister kind of do well and I kind of wanted to kind of match that a little bit. Um, so, yeah, so I kind of, I liked like farming and agriculture and uh, I felt that I had an interest in business. So uh, I went to UCD and studied uh, food and ag business. And then I uh, did a computer science conversion course. And uh, that's, I'm in my final year now. And I started a blockchain society and uh, now I'm here, I suppose. So pretty cool. Um, and do you, are you enjoying computer science? Yes, for sure. Um, definitely like computer science. Um, I definitely found it a lot more challenging than a normal, than my original degree. I think like just time-wise and stuff, it was like found it really hard to like, Keep, keep on top of everything, go to lectures, put the hours in. Um, but definitely very rewarding. Um, definitely a really, really creative degree, you wouldn't think it. And like quite like surprising as well that like, um, like it just surprises people and they just kind of see just like your screen and it looks like the matrix, but it's like a lot more enjoyable. Like you kind of hear people be like, you actually enjoy that. But I know there's so, there's like, there's a very, very enjoyable aspect to it that I really like. Um, yeah, it's so funny when you see people in the library and they have like these big things on their computer. And yeah. obviously I study law. So like my, you know, my screen is always just kind of like, you know, a book or like an assignment. And then mm -hmm. I look over and there's these people with these mad kind of 3D objects like yeah. moving on their computer. <laughs> um, so do you want to kind of talk about like blockchain and cryptocurrency? Because that's obviously like kind of what BlockSock do. Um, yeah. But I know even myself, I wouldn't have a huge extent of knowledge on blockchain or cryptocurrency. So maybe if you talk to us a bit about what they both are and um, just kind yeah. of before we get into BlockSock. Yeah, of course. So um, the way I kind of like to describe blockchain is that it's kind of like this new technology that um, helps us to um, decentralize trade um, and allow us to do transactions more peer to peer uh, directly rather than having to go through um, a trusted third party like a company or a bank so trade can be anything like um, me selling you a house or you sending me money even me sending you a message on Facebook these all like require um, us going through intermediaries from so from the message going from A to B um, from the bank from the from me sending cash to you it goes through an intermediary through a bank um, so let's kind of take the house example um, there's two sides to the deal. I have the money and let's say I'll sell it to you. Um, sorry, you, you have the money, I have the deeds. So uh, to kind of 
go through this whole process, we'd have to kind of hire lawyers and hire banks to do all of this. So these are all these trusted intermediaries. So basically blockchain aspires to kind of uh, take out these middlemen and essentially replace um, these intermediaries with code and automate uh, the whole process, essentially. So blockchain kind of cuts out the middleman. Yeah, yeah. And you might say like, why would you do this? But um, essentially there's many benefits, but it's a lot quicker. It costs, cuts unnecessary costs, like these intermediaries taking their cut. Um, and it's, it's also extremely secure and, and trustless and, and transparent. So uh, with going through these intermediaries to do transactions, we have to trust that they're going to do the right thing. And um, so if blockchain replaces, blockchain replaces that intermediary, um, we, can, we know exactly what uh, blockchain is going to do because we can see how the code is written. So it's, it's trustless, it's, tr- it's transparent, and it's just a, it's, it's a better way of doing a, a lot of things. Um, it's so gonna kind of save time and money, I suppose. Yeah, so that's yeah. kind of a simple explanation of what blockchain is. And then on blockchains, there are basically digital currencies and um, they're, uh, they're kind of, you might've heard of like coins or tokens that will depend on- mm-hmm. uh, Bitcoin, the big one. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, so yeah. that will, yeah, you can either have coins or tokens depending on what kind of layer you're on, but that's for another day, I suppose. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, yeah, we know like Bitcoin and Ethereum because they've like, they've got the hot, the, they're hot in the media. They're, yeah, they're the highest market the caps. Yeah, mm-hmm. they have the highest market caps. Um, so basically, um, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, the coin runs on the Bitcoin network, which is kind of confusing. But um, if you think about Ethereum, uh, the, the Ethereum cryptocurrency is called Ether, and that runs on the Ethereum network. So that's a little bit kind of more easier to digest. So cryptocurrencies basically run on these blockchains. And so they're oh, kind cool. of like the... They're kind of like the lifeblood of the blockchain and how, how they basically run. So um, basically Bitcoin was like the first cryptocurrency and it was like created by a guy called Satoshi Nakamoto uh, who no one knows his real identity. And um, that was around oh, like... Cool. Uh, mm-hmm. So that yeah. was around like the end of the financial crisis uh, where we had like a lot of kind of um, a lot of things happen like around like like what happened in Greece and what happened with American banks lying about the state of mortgages. So like these intermediaries that we have to trust to kind of uh, to, to do anything financial. Um, it, it became apparent that we couldn't really trust them. So there was a need for this kind of like a way to do peer to peer transactions rather than having to, to trust people because people in Greece thought that they that they own their money, but they couldn't take out they couldn't take out their money from the bank. So, um, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So um, that's kind of Bitcoin, and then Ethereum is like basically that was released in 2015. Um, its its vision is kind of different from Bitcoin in, in that it 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 basically um, you could say that Bitcoin Bitcoin's vision is to kind of decentralize money from governments. So what that means is like uh, take Decentralized means like just take away the power from the intermediary. Um, and the intermediary here is the government. So the transaction can go from A to B without having an intermediary. 
And what Ethereum aims to do is decentralize authority from intermediates. Intermediaries, so basically, if we go back to the house example, um, you know, we, we, would, we would do conduct this example on the Ethereum network because we could write basically smart contracts. Um, and what a smart contract is, is basically um, like the, I, have, I have the deeds and you have the money and the, the smart contract is coded. And so as soon as you uh, send the money to the smart contract and I send the deeds, uh, both the smart contract gets executed and we receive uh, the other um, parties, either deed or, or money. So basically okay. the smart contract is kind of the engine of, of, um, of these kind of blockchains, if that makes sense. And is Ethereum used like often, like as in, is it as popular as Bitcoin? Yes, um, they, yeah. they, both have, they both have like different use cases. And they're mm -hmm. for completely different things. Like Bitcoin, Bitcoin started off as like a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash system, but um, it is kind of well. That's what Satoshi had in his white paper. But that's mm -hmm. what the original yeah. like, white paper. That's what maybe he envisioned. Maybe that's what he thought. Like it. That's what he wanted it to be. But it Bitcoin it is basically. Yeah, Bitcoin basically turned into a um, a place where you can hold hold your uh, hold your cash essentially um it's it's like gold basically and mm -hmm. um, you can kind of hold your wealth there and um it's it mightn't be a safe asset but uh, it's a store of value that's what that's the that's what the term is that's what bitcoin is seen as uh, these mm -hmm. days and uh, ethereum is just basically a decentralized network that you can kind of program and build smart contracts on and it has all the benefits of um of blockchain technology essentially pretty cool and um, definitely learned a few things there because i don't think i'd heard of ether ethereum before ethereum, ethereum before. yeah um but yeah really interesting um and so like when did you kind of develop an interest for blockchain and kind of cryptocurrencies like when did you kind of start thinking that yeah. you know it might be something that you want to pursue um a blockchain yeah. society and um yeah i mean um I kind of heard heard about it quite early on, like in secondary school, um, but I didn't like obviously catch on. I was more interested in other things. Um, but yeah. yeah, I remember my friend making a bunch of money on it in the like the twenty seventeen bull run where um, Bitcoin climbed to like sixteen thousand, um, and then it crashed, and then. Then I did an innovation academy module, um, and they're really good. I'd, I'd, um, I'd um, definitely think that's one of the better modules. I well, a really good module that I did in UCD, um, kind of helped me to understand that I was kind of creative in ways. And then we were um, there was like an immersion day, and it was on various different topics, and I happened to be on like the blockchain. Yeah, the blockchain side of it so we went to like blockchain labs and we worked on like a, a problem um and it was like i think it was like a blockchain problem relative to like ai or working on a solution to a problem that aib bank had so um it was quite um ridiculous <laughs> to think of it now yeah. well not ridiculous but um what's the word um when you're when it's like the Impossible. other no it doesn't matter um it's not coming to me anyway um and then i did uh, an internship in in 
INTL FC Stone. They're called StoneX now. And um, basically having a knowledge of crypto kind of helped me to um, get into that field. Uh, they basically, um, they provide uh, hedging for uh, agricultural commodities. Okay, um, okay, so kind of both of your kind of studies played into that then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was quite, it was, it was, it was really good. So, um, and yeah, sorry, was, when you were doing the Innovation Academy module, was that while you were studying ag? Um, no, I just did the Innovation Academy module because um, it seemed pretty cool. So, um, and then it kind of came across blockchain and that. Um, and then uh, that kind of helped me to, to kind of go on and, and do the, and like the be successful in the interviews. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, and would yeah, you have recommended then, doing the internship to other, like, as in, like, do you think the internship definitely kind of helped you to get where you are now? Um, yeah, for sure. Like, I think um, there's definitely, definitely a lot to learn and some great experience. Um, I think, um, like, it's great to kind of develop the client-facing skills and things like that that you mightn't have um, picked up in college. Um like it's very cool to kind of learn from people as well, like what qualities people might have, like how, like how your boss might operate, like what was their story, and um, mm-hmm. how they became successful, um, and like, yeah, try to think how did they come into their position, things like that. So, um, definitely learned a lot there, um, and then I learned a lot about derivatives markets, which I didn't know much about at all, um, so like futures and options. Um, and then actually one of the biggest pluses was like seeing a real uh, use case for, for blockchain in uh, DeFi. So yeah, um, yeah essentially uh, DeFi is um, basically, it's, it stands for decentralized finance. And um, it's basically kind of like a movement uh, of, of um, it's kind of like, the DeFi movement is trying to re- uh, completely rethink and rewrite how like traditional finance works. Okay. So I worked in a centralized brokerage brokerage um, that basically, um, like I worked in as the middleman. So like um, uh, StoneX would, they were brokering derivatives. So there'd be a buyer and a seller. So it would obviously have to go through the intermediaries uh, mm-hmm. being yeah. StoneX. So, and they obviously took their, their chunk along the way and it obviously lack, or the, these kind of brokerage tend to lack transparency. Um, so this, this kind of like idea that um, in this application, like I was, I was a middleman and blockchain just aspires to completely take out this middleman and um, automates the whole process. So um, having that kind of experience um, when I did really kind of, uh, like find a passion for blockchain and crypto seeing it kind of be carried out was probably yeah. kind of like rewarding because you actually kind of find it finally yeah, yeah. something yeah for sure yeah i could i could really understand it because um i could see i could see what like DeFi was trying to do like the what like the, the way i kind of think about it now and the way i thought about it when i learned about it was just like like you really don't need that middleman. Like you can just blockchain can do the whole thing and automate the whole thing uh, without having that middleman and um, without having them to take their chunk and various other 
negatives that might come along with 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 that so that was very interesting that was another big plus yeah no it actually is like it's such a like obviously new kind of new area that not many people know about but I even remember when I was kind of like looking um I was kind of studying something for a module and um I came across like a figure like something like 42 percent of the work that lawyers do um can be done by like technology that already exists and it's just like you know it's so mm. interesting to see that like kind of like that, the way technology is advancing um, yeah. so yeah really interesting and I'm sure you're kind of like seeing it being carried out in a place that you were working that you knew so much about was like you know really rewarding but also interesting mm-hmm. um, yeah, for sure so now to kind of get into Blockstock, do you want to talk to us a bit about what it is what it does um, yeah. and kind of when you set it up yeah of course um, so basically uh, Blockstock is uh, we created Blockstock to be kind of like Ireland's student blockchain society for um, all third level institutes um, so the kind of problem that we are we are trying to solve is is the kind of lack of student awareness um, of the pers- or of the prospects of blockchain to kind of like revolutionize the future work and uh, we also like obviously seeing the lack of blockchain and web3 education at a university level so our mission is to kind of uh, prepare students for this kind of new future work in the domain of uh, blockchain web3 uh, because we're seeing this massive growth in um in like across like many different sectors um whether it be technology is in finance uh, creative through nfts legal as you mentioned um and there's countless other use cases so the growth of the industry is is like exponential um it's grown like double the rate that the internet did um, relative to its inception in like 1992. So it's basically going to be this massive industry that we're just trying to get students to basically come on board and teach them about the technology and and show them that there's a fascinating and very lucrative career here for them. Um, And just, yeah, just share that, share that knowledge and that passion that we have and to kind of educate people that, Crypto and blockchain is much more than just kind of volatile markets. Um, there's 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 a lot more uh, underneath. Yeah, no, I can definitely um, agree with you in the fact that before kind of we kind of started talking, I definitely didn't really know anything past the kind of like you know the Bitcoin, and I didn't really understand the fact that like it kind of took away the middleman. So I think it would be so um, beneficial for kind of students to know, especially if you're saying that it kind of is moving twice as fast as the kind of computer did like I'm sure in 20 yeah. years time this will be you know everyone will know about it so I suppose the sooner you do the better yeah um, and what do you think blockchain has achieved so far um blockchain or or block sock? Oh, sorry block sock, block sock. oh um block sock. yeah so um basically we 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 actually started to try uh to to make a society within UCD at the start, um, around like summer, uh, summer 2021. And um, there ended up being a moratorium on the creation of societies because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And then we were kind of talking to them, um, but we've, we kind of got nowhere fast. So um, then we actually seen uh, Datasoc, um, shout out to Datasoc uh, for, like we've we seen the journey that they went on because they had the exact same problem just a year prior. They're like a data science society. 
Um, and they had really good success by just kind of going out on their own, not being affiliated with any university. Um, so we basically, we followed their model and um, we kind of launched and it took us ages to launch. It takes, takes so long to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> really. don't any, I don't think anyone sees the kind of work that goes behind um, yeah, yeah. our society. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, yeah, basically we started to uh, just push like educational content to Instagram and Twitter and try to break kind of complex topics um, into kind of like bite-sized chunks and get people a little bit more educated. Then um, we um, made like our version of a shoot manage fund. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. That, but not as not as much and kind of focused on the investment side of things. Um, it was just kind of, kind of showing people kind of like the, how a blockchain can work as a student management fund, maybe. Uh, yeah, kind of like basically more use case oriented. So uh, rather than kind of looking at financial metrics, we wanted our students in the CEF, everyone's called crypto asset valuation form, um, kind of more so like compare different crypto assets on like their like consensus mechanisms or their like throughput or um, the developer activity. There's a whole host of, of things. Um, so, and then, um, then basically we came across the, um, the DAO model. Um, so I'll probably go on to talk about this a little bit, um, but like, I suppose like our vision is kind of, um, our vision of being a normal society is, is kind of, shifting and now we're kind of creating this new type of organization called a, um, a decentralized autonomous organization, uh, which is um, abbreviated to DAO, which is basically an organization uh, that's built on a, on a blockchain. Um, okay. And our vision for this is to kind of um, allow students to learn about blockchain and gain industry experience all while um, hopefully receiving compensation in a, in a native cryptocurrency. So uh we're kind of we're, we hope to uh kind of have this um learn and earn model okay um and do you want to talk to maybe talk to us a bit about what a DAO is and maybe the benefits of it yeah super. and why kind um, of you guys will go for that model yeah of course um so basically um as i kind of talked about there a little bit of kind of how blockchain demonstrates kind of new and effective systems of of doing stuff like like in like traditional finance with DeFi and um, like supply chain operations are through NFTs and creative industries. So what DAOs are doing is that is they're kind of like rethinking and re-engineering how like traditional organizations or companies work. So um, basically like to give you the short definition, a DAO is like just a community that jointly owns a cryptocurrency wallet uh, to pursue common goals, such as like running a business or charity, right? As, yeah. And um, basically a good way to think about DAOs is that they're like modern day cooperatives. So um, we might know cooperatives here in Ireland, the only cooperatives I know anyway are the, the dairy cooperatives where farmers come together and pool resources and gain shares within the cooperatives and then are allowed to kind of like vote on the direction of it. So DAOs are basically like online cooperatives, but instead of like having rules in the form of legal contracts, DAOs rules are recorded and executed using uh, smart contracts on a blockchain. So um, DAOs have like no central leadership. 
uh, decisions get made from the bottom up, like control is like spread out across all participants um, instead of having like a top-down hierarchy. So like that's a kind of essentially the, the 101 and what DAOs are. I could, I could maybe go through an example of like um, of a traditional organization versus DAO. I think that kind of like really helps people to uh, understand Get a, better idea. a bit better. Yeah, definitely. Um, interesting so, because it's definitely, obviously when you kind of work with societies, you can definitely see that like, you know, because we're students and, you know, we're not having all these meetings all the time, you know, it's kind of like just the people who kind of have the main roles doing most of the work and then kind of just being scattered amongst the, the rest of the committee. So it's mm -hmm. interesting. Yeah. So um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully like the, the DAO model is, is not going to like completely like replace like um, all kind of the, the standard organizational model, but people think that like um, it'll come to fruition in a, in a lot of, different industries depending on the use case like so so i can go through a uh, an, example. an example an example now let's say like that you and me were starting a marketing organization we'll say mm -hmm. so let's say mine is the traditional organization and yours is the DAO. so uh, i'd be the ceo of the traditional organization and i'd bring employees in and i paid like the lowest wage possible to maximize profits and uh with uh my marketing company's success, the shareholder equity would grow, but the wages would still remain static. Um, and this top-down leadership also kind of reduces company growth by not like naturally accounting for employee input because all decisions are kind of made from that like top echelon or whatever. Um, and so like because of this, um, traditional organizations are often then rigid, um, competitive, inefficient and unfair. So um, basically, let's let's say that you approached uh, this with a DAO model. So you and a bunch of other marketing graduates from UCD like join forces and create a DAO. Um, so you basically all put some funding in and receive shares, uh, like in cooperatives, and then people kind of join on this basis. And then all you all you all you guys profit basically accumulates in a shared wallet, and then. Um, basically anyone can kind of make proposals on what they think the money should like go towards um, and our members within your DAO then kind of vote on the proposals so instead of relying on this like top-down decision making DAO is the your DAO will be kind of led by the community like everyone will have a say so um, DAOs then tend to be like more creative uh, collaborative and, and and fair basically cool I suppose if you were kind of to um compared to kind of like a real life situation it would kind of be like kind of like having an autocratic leader instead of having like a government with a democracy almost mm -hmm. kind of like that yeah um, it's well there's always going to be leaders in a government so mm. maybe not exactly the same but kind of similar yeah for sure um it's kind of like i think like well the idea is like that that it's it's just much more democratic than than a traditional organizations because the way the organizational structures and traditional organizations are is they're they're very top down um like the all decisions come from the board come from the ceo uh come from the exact members and kind of are filtered down and, <clears throat> and employee input is not kind of naturally accounted for and um you know innovation is is one of the most important aspects of organization success so um DAOs are like very naturally able to uh, account for uh, for this yeah, really interesting. Um, even like in business, uh, business for the leaving cert, 
thesis study kind of like different organizations and kind of like how they were made up and the benefits and the kind of disadvantages to some of them. And I feel like a DAO is probably like the solution to um, mm -hmm. the issues that organizations have. So yeah, it's just a, yeah, it's just a, it's just a new, a new way of doing things, but just obviously borrowing, um, borrowing. It's well, it's essentially just like a digital cooperative that uses uses blockchain. Um, yeah, that's and then, but like the benefits that kind of come with that then are kind of like this idea of like having ownership. So, um, like by giving and sharing, um, a sense of ownership through governance, meaning that students will have a say on on which or how the project is going and things like that. So they'll um, they'll be contributing in a meaningful way. So this is like not usually possible in like a normal college society. Um, you know, to have any sense of ownership in a normal college society, one has to kind of climb through the ranks. Um, and, you know, uh, to, to kind of have any, have any say or any sense of ownership and with DAOs, um, basically students can like, um, the barrier to entry is low and they can come in and they can work on projects and then like as BlockSock basically grows and um, everyone will kind of reap the rewards and, and share the upside and it's not just the the kind of exec committee that's um that's one of the big things it's like this idea of um ownership um and community it's very community focused so um basically all the money that that the DAO makes will be like fed right back into the community um whether it be for kind of bounties as I can kind of go through in a second, I can go through our kind of DAO concept. Um, but um, this kind of community focus is very different from like traditional organizations where like their main goal is to basically maximize uh, shareholder equity in a lot of ways. Yeah, really interesting. Um, especially just kind of seeing it from like my point of view and like working with the society. Um, you can kind of see like kind of like the problems that kind of come with like having, you know, kind of main roles in a society. So it's definitely really interesting to see kind of ways to kind of work around it and new ideas to kind of solve the issues that we have. And um, so, yeah, really interesting. Mm -hmm. And where do you kind of see BlockSoft block going in the future? Um, yeah, so I can kind of go through uh, like our kind of transition into BlockSoft DAO now. Um, um, we're launching we're launching BlockSoft DAO very soon. It will be, it will be like, it, it won't be like ready straight away, but we're we're kind of announcing what we're what we're doing very soon. Um, kind of like a beta, a trial. No, well, by by me saying not straight away, it would be a like a probably a good few months. Um, but mm -hmm. um, basically, we're designing this system and um, that has three tiers. So, tier one is your standard access to the society, just like a normal society where students can kind of join. Um, our Discord group and like available like primary offerings like our guest speaker series or crypto asset valuation forum that I talked about there, workshops, hackathons, that kind of thing. Then yep. next is uh, tier two where uh, students can basically kind of come into the come into the DAO guilds. This is, guilds are this terminology that are used in DAOs, and you can think of guilds as basically blockstock departments that are basically mapped to um blockchain job jobs markets so these would be like developers um research business and finance excuse me legal compliance uh, creative and so forth um so basically the the idea is that like students will um go from tier one to tier two and they go to tier two they will uh, begin in a training guild where we're partnering with like course providers 
and students can like do like free courses and then they'll be able to go into a, whatever guild that they want so uh, you might want to go into the legal and compliance guild michelle so mm -hmm. um basically um uh, basically so within each of these guilds there'll be what are called bounty boards and um on these bounty boards will be like work-like tasks that will mimic what industry professionals or interns are doing within these kind of web three companies so what might be in, in your case is just like doing research on different laws in uh, that are currently um around blockchain in europe or like where's the best place to register as an llc to become a dao so these these would be the bounties so then students can basically take this bounty and there'll be um <clears throat> there'll be a cryptocurrency allocated to that bounty and then when this when the student does that bounty um it'll be validated and and then they'll basically get the receive the, the cryptocurrency um and uh, basically students will be allowed to like build their own por portfolios and Kind of like receive nfts for for contributions and so forth and basically it's it's a way that that we're what we're doing is like really lowering the barriers to entry to like real work experience um because we know like it's, it's kind of hard to get internships um and, yeah it sounds um, like such a good way to learn about like you know obviously block stock but also you're saying that there's going to be different like areas that people can specialize in so. yeah Kind of sounds like it's going to be really beneficial for students so yeah even i'm like oh this sounds interesting be so interesting to learn more about block blockchain and also kind of be involved in society that's directed at your career so sounds like you yeah. guys are taking all the boxes yeah for sure so yeah just like that that like you can come on board and basically get experience and like build your own portfolio and then basically we're just going to be like a funnel to these kind of blockchain and web3 companies like feeding them talent um and uh, then we have like tier three. So this is kind of like for the very high, well, for the high achieving students that um, uh, basically they can kind of go on two routes um, they can either go on the kind of um, startup route where uh, we, we have like Blockstock internal projects. So like all the people from the, the various guilds, like business, finance, creative law, uh, they will all be like combined uh, to form like diverse teams and like work on these kind of unique startup ideas. And um like le you leverage the DAO structure and basically people can like vote on what startups they might want to see going forward. And then Blockstock will like provide liquidity and mentorships and connections, partnerships, all that. And then like in parallel, we'll be running all these startathons and hackathons um, of which the winning ideas might have the chance to be incubated within uh, the Blockstock DAO internal project ecosystem. So, um, you know, we like to, we like to, build things and not just kind of like have hackathons end where it's just like a business plan and it's not it's not going to go anywhere so okay. that's what we're really yeah. trying to drive and also um we're hoping that we can basically become some kind of student fiver so this is the other route that people that the high achievers can take they can basically take on real bounties that uh that we could outsource like contract work from smes or startups like like things that are on fiverr and these can be real bounties or even doing uh, research on uh, like crypto research and um, there's a big market for that so um lots of ideas definitely very early in in our <clears throat> in our life cycle um but, but it sounds like there's loads of potential so yeah um, and just a good question uh do you think this will be available like as in do you think kind of students who kind of leave college maybe will be able to kind of still be a part of it or 
So like I'm leaving, I'm um, graduating in September. So yeah, so basically we're yeah, I mean like our dream our dream would be like that people could come into the DAO here and instead of like, you know, a lot of people do work on weekends and a lot of people do work during the week. So, you know, it might be an avenue to to like do real work and actually gain experience and not just like work somewhere that you don't want to work just to kind of get money. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, basically like DAOs are, obviously we haven't made this concept up, like this DAOs are becoming like a really big market and they're kind of like their philosophy, their philosophy is like that they that they kind of want to change the way um, people are going to work in the future. Um, so like people could, there's, there's, there's a, a lot of DAOs out there. Well, not, 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 in, not in the grand scheme of things, like the, the DAOs are kind of like on the bleeding edge of crypto at the moment. Like um, there's been themes like throughout the whole kind of crypto lifestyle from like 2017, from like the ICOs to meme coins to NFTs and people think we're kind of going into this DAO era now. Okay. Um, but uh, you basically like during college, like you enter into this DAO, you get loads of experience and then hopefully you'll just be funneled into these jobs because this market is about to explode. So um, that's, that's, that's where we're kind of filling this hole. And um, that's, that's what this kind of concept concept is all about, just preparing students for the new future work in Web 3.0 and um, the blockchain industry. Well, well, it sounds really cool. And it definitely sounds like there's a huge market for it. And that, you know, in a couple of years time, everyone will know what blockchain is about. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I think if, well, I'm not going to be a student anymore, but I think if I was a student and this was going to be a society, I definitely want to be a part of it. Sounds like it yeah. would be so beneficial. Um, yeah. And yeah, thank you so much, Tom, for coming on. Um, I really enjoyed that and I feel like I learned loads. So um, I really appreciate it. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on, Michelle. Uh, So thank you to all our listeners and we hope you enjoyed.